All right, so I want to try something new, and this is the first episode of a fantasy football-centered podcast that I'd like to do. Um, I've never done anything like this before, but I want to do it so that that way I can possibly help people with fantasy football. It's not really to talk about fantasy as it is, trying to make sure that you have the best matchups or the best situation um, that you can get to. Uh, if that makes sense, I'd like to put you in a position to win each week, essentially. A lot of people get confused on who do I play when, who do I draft, who do I want, um, what's the best matchup every week, and a lot of it is stuff that you kind of have to keep your ear pretty close to the ground, like especially if there's something that's going to affect like a number one receiver, like, uh, like say DeAndre Hopkins is about to play the Rams and uh, Jalen Ramsey's out for the game like game time decision obviously you're gonna want you you wanted hopkins all week but you were worried for a bad matchup but this will really focus on things like you know sit him start him um you know who to draft who to trade for who you should dump who you should pick up um so that's really all i really wanted to accomplish with this series and we're gonna probably go from there so i'm gonna pull up this week's fantasy football rankings and try to help you out in any way best i can um so i got five teams this year um all of them i didn't really have a great draft but you can do a lot with very little in these um i won four out of the five so hopefully this information is prudent and helpful to everybody here um so i'm going to go ahead and click on one where i know i have a pretty decent matchup and just about every week so um First topic, Green Bay. How do you evaluate talent in Green Bay any way you can after this horrendous week one loss, and especially if you tied yourself to Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, or Aaron Jones? Um, the best thing you can do right now is just sit tight. You know, Follow Aaron Rodgers' words from a couple, couple years ago, relax. You just got to relax. You got to take it slow. You got to realize this man didn't do anything in the offseason besides try to leave this team and go on vacation he did zero football work um and i think that that's probably carried over a little bit with how much publicity that he's gotten this year like the whole um pre-show before the game was an interview with aaron Rodgers about you know talking about you know what's what's the deal with the team you know why didn't you want to report um he's got you know a lot of people talk about the man bun think he's not serious about playing football and, you know, he should have just stuck to the Jeopardy thing. When I think that a lot of this is centered around, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, for the most part, dissatisfied with his career, and he's blaming it on the Green Bay organization, which I would too. As you watch teams constantly, you know, go after people in free agency like they have for years, like with Kansas City, um, or even just treat their teams right, like addressing basic needs, like, hey, we need a receiver. Let's draft a receiver. Instead, they drafted a quarterback. And it's just kind of got away from him year after year after year. And I would say right now Aaron Rodgers is someone that you'll look at as I'll play him for the first four weeks, and then if this kind of thing continues, I really wouldn't look away from either trading him uh, to a different team because he might want to get traded and get traded to a team like a Denver Broncos or um, 
gosh, who else is in it? Or like a Miami. Teams that are in a decent position already that could probably take this next step with a quarterback, things even like a Cleveland Browns. Um, but in terms of fantasy value, you have to you have to start him. He's Aaron Rodgers. He was the MVP last year. You know, you see this week one thing, and you're like, holy shit, I got to, you know, throw the whole team away. This year's already a loss. Not necessarily. Um, you can take that as either ammunition for a trade right now and you can sell short on the trade and probably get like whatever you need back and get like a lower tier quarterback like you're probably not getting Matt Stafford for Aaron Rodgers at this point but you can probably still sneak like a Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence Um, Trevor Lawrence isn't great in fantasy after week one but he did throw the ball 50 times so you have the volume that you need you might even be able to trade for a Jameis Winston he's not going to throw five touchdowns every week he only had 140 yards passing. So if you really want to jump out, there are options now that will help you probably get a guy who can probably get 12 to 14 points consistently every week. Um, but in terms of having that boomer bust quality, you won't have anyone the same level of Aaron Rodgers that you can trade for. Aaron Jones, on the other hand, I would trade him immediately. Um, Aaron Jones, at his best, is good for probably one 40-point game a year. Uh, He's a very consistent guy, which is who I target. I like to target consistent guys, but Aaron Jones in that weekend, in that, sorry, not that weekend, but that first week opener had the same amount of touches as two other running backs and had half as many yards. Um, The team going forward will look at that and see if there's prolonged um, success with those other two backs and they'll work them in occasionally. He won't be the, the, the workhorse back that we're used to, and he won't get the volume of touches that we need in order to get points out of him. Uh, Devontae Adams, you're fine. He, he still saw the most targets out of anybody else. The only problem is he wasn't productive with him because Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers wasn't productive. So you're okay there. You're, you're really okay. Um, I would say the only one that you really have to move off of if you, if you want to pursue, pursue that is Aaron Jones. I think that he will get better as the year goes along, but I don't think that he will be the same Aaron Jones that we're used to in, in previous years. Um, so I, I would look to sell him. I would look to trade Aaron Jones because I think you can get the most for the trade right now. Devontae Adams you can definitely get um, solid out of, but I think you're trading Devontae Adams this week with the promise of like an OBJ or Jarvis Landry. You're not getting a true number one receiver for a number one receiver. Jones is a second running back. I mean, if you drafted him first, you're in a deep league. Um, I would try to get some sort of number two running back and just try to do like probably an even swap for Jones. I were I really wouldn't sell too low on him. Um, but a lot of these guys you're tied to. And if you're in a dynasty league and you took Aaron Rodgers and you know you don't know what to do here, or if he's your dynasty guy, or if Devontae Adams is, I think Adams you're safe because regardless, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, Devontae Adams is probably gonna leave. I don't think he's staying in Green Bay. Aaron Jones is kinda tied there for now. So I think you're okay with either one of those guys if they get traded. Um, Terry McLaurin was another question mark. Uh, you know, this year that we were going to expect out of Washington to be the a little bit more offensively uh, explosive, especially with Antonio Gibson being picked as high as he was and uh, expected to be this uh, very strong fantasy rusher. Had a pretty mediocre day, uh, both of them. 
in the loss to the Chargers, which their defense is serious, but they lost Curtis Samuel and they lost Ryan Fitzpatrick in the same game. So I think with Terry McLaurin, what you can expect is the same type of thing that we've seen for the last several years. You know, you've got games consistently of eight plus fantasy points, but probably two to three games of 20 to 30. You won't see massive explosive games, and I don't think you'll see above 14 every game for the season. Um, He got 10 this week. I think that he's probably going to be stuck around there for the foreseeable future until Curtis Samuel comes back. And even still, with Ty- with Taylor Henneke in quarterback, I don't think you have the chemistry needed with Curtis Samuel either. So he's going to be the favorite uh, with Logan Thomas to try and help out these teams. But I don't know if going forward, if he's your, your guy. Um, he's just going to be probably a, a wide receiver two to a flex option every week. Um, I don't love it. I don't love it at all, and he's a great receiver, and that's it's really bad considering that. But just because of the the strength of schedule that they're going to have to play and the lack of help that he's going to have, it's going to be Terry McLaurin or bust every week. And in fantasy football, I like to have the consistency. I don't like boomer bust guys, and I like to go for guys I know that are going to get 10-plus points each week. Unfortunately, a lot of the consistent guys this year got shaken up. Um. Moving on to another guy that you should probably either trade for or consider about the same is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup had a two-touchdown game last night, but they were all uh, explosive plays. So what can you what can you expect from something like that in the future is going to be something like boom or bust. But Cooper Cup has been a question mark with health in recent years, and we thought his first year that he was Jared Goff's favorite target. And then we found out that Jared Goff is kind of questionable in general when it turns to a fantasy option. Um, But he's still doing the same thing in Detroit with high-volume workloads. The difference is now with McVay, um, they still don't really have a true running back number one. So Henderson is going to be a good flex option. Uh, Sony Michelle really didn't do a whole lot, uh, it felt like, in his debut. Uh, It felt like Henderson got the majority of the touches. And in terms of goal line work, they're still going to rotate people through. In terms of this receiving core, I think that it's very similar to when Stafford was in Detroit. He's going to spread the ball the, the ball around. Other people are going to catch touchdowns. It's not going to be everyone every week. I think that you can even look at Tyler Higby as an option in fantasy now because he did look his way in the end zone. Um, he just threw him a little high. Uh, I think that everyone on this... Um, Rams offense now is now capable of catching a touchdown pass from Stafford so you can look at probably six plus points from just about every everyone in this receiving core every week um that being said I still think that you want either Cooper Cup or Robert Woods as your your go-to Rams players and honestly I would take Cup out of all of them simply because of the slot work he has but the problem is is because of his health he will see more volume targets but I don't think that in the end game if he gets injured, he can catch up to Woods and stats. Um, so if you have to have a Rams receiver, health barring, uh, Cooper Cup's your guy. If you want one of these guys going forward and you think Matt Stafford's going to have this incredible year, which I think he will, um, Cooper Cup is your guy because the slot is the hardest to cover for a corner. Uh, Robert Woods does a lot of deep routes. Cooper Cup gets a lot of the stuff in between in the middle and gets, gets a lot of yards after the catch. 
Um, the play action design from the other night was really kind of focused toward Cup. There was the one busted coverage where he had the massive touchdown, but um, a lot of what this team going forward is going to look like is probably a lot of Cooper Cup and probably a lot of Robert Woods. I would take Cup over Woods. Um, sticking with the same division, we're going to go visit the Niners real quick in terms of fantasy value for any Niners running back at this point. Uh, it's the same thing with the Rams. You know, you don't know who's going to go off week to week. Mostert's done. It sucks. Um, so I would definitely go after the rookie that they got. Uh, I would also consider uh, Jimmy G in fantasy. He didn't have a great fantasy game, but his consistency and his accuracy were uh, kind of nuts. He was, I think, 9 for 9 at one point um, in this dismantling of Detroit. And obviously... You know, some of that's gonna gonna transfer because of the um, gonna translate, I should say, not transfer um, because of the the strength of the opponent. But he looked sharp. He looked really good. And barring injury, he's also pretty good. Uh, he'll also be the driving mechanism for this team going forward. You know, let's not forget Jimmy G's been to a Super Bowl. He's played at that caliber of player. His ceiling is probably a B plus. So you're probably looking at max. Um, like 26 points uh, for an average. But 26 points for an average is pretty sick. Uh, he has a very low very low floor, though. Uh, we're talking like eight, seven points maybe consistently. Because of how this team runs and how Shanahan likes to have this offense, it's a lot of running back by committee, and it's a lot of play action. So either the running backs are going to pop off or there's going to be a lot of play action. It's... It's a lot of boom or bust, but I think consistently you will see more out of Jimmy G this year than you have in previous years, and that's probably due to health. I'd say he's a quarterback too. Um, you probably don't want to start him unless you're stuck with someone like a Trevor Lawrence or um, you know, you're in a pretty deep league and you got stuck with guys like Andy Dalton, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, even Jameis Winston as like a, you know, you can flex out between the two of them. Uh, if you're needing a solid backup after Aaron Rodgers, I, I'd consider Jimmy G. I did. Um, but I'm sticking with Lawrence in one of my leagues. He has the most questionable quarterback position uh, for me. Joe Burrow is another guy that you really want to go out there and get. I really think Joe Burrow is going to have a great year if he stays healthy. Um, I would stay away from guys like Tua Tungavailoa um, just because of how the team plays and they're so defensively heavy and especially how – all of his receivers are hurt, so it's really not a great scenario for you to score. Um, you want to stay away from, while we're at it on the topic, stay away from Kenny Galladay or any New York Giants player for that matter. Uh, that offense is terrible. The offensive line is garbage. You're going to be wasting your time if you have them. Unfortunately, I have Saquon in a league, and he's on a snap count. Uh, I have Kenny Galladay in another league, and... He's doing everything he can to score, but he's not going to be anywhere near the weapon he was in Detroit. Um, it's not going to be anywhere close. Um, switching gears, I want to go back to the 49ers here. For everybody that took Brandon Ayuk, me, and probably some uh, some of you, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't think that Debo Samuel was going to be the focal point of the passing offense outside of George Kittle, but I was obviously wrong. Uh, Ayuk got... I think zero targets. Um, I don't really know what happened. 
I think it's a hamstring injury is what ESPN tells me, but yeah, that was disappointing. Uh, got a total of zero points from him in week one, but I still managed to win. Um, that being said, Brandon Ayuk going forward is probably not the Niners receiver you want. Obviously, you want George Kittle or Debo Samuel. That's probably it for Niners receivers and even Niners players outside of the flex option of Jimmy G and whoever's at running back for the Niners whichever week. These are the only two you'll want consistently. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is probably a drop for me now. If not, he's banished to my bench for weeks. I need to know that he can play consistently and and do well in order for me to bring him back into the starting lineup, and it sucks because I wasted a pretty high flex pick for him. Uh, and Connie's on the other side of other side of it now Debo Samuel has skyrocketed his stock is fantastic if you're going to get a guy from San Francisco you want Debo Samuel um had an absolutely fantastic outing with the Niners looked like Jimmy G's favorite target outside of Kittle and really kind of came into his own to start the season uh look for him to build off of that and be better week after week after week uh, another receiver that I was pretty impressed with was Jamar Chase. Uh, all throughout training camp, every story was he can't catch, he doesn't know how to see the ball. You know, the whole story of him uh, saying the ball's harder to catch without the white stripes really threw people off. It threw me off. I listened to the media. I shouldn't have. Um, the man is a baller. He had 20 points. Um, the Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase connection is fantastic. Uh, if you can get it, get it because i think that he'll be better than t higgins and i think he'll take away from the targets of him especially boyd i think boyd suffers the most here if you drafted boyd uh you're in a bad spot you should definitely try to get jamar chase if you can if not try to look elsewhere for people like a jalen waddle or people coming off of suspension and injury in that same miami area try to grab um will fuller if you can for a late for you know a couple weeks later after he gets off suspension because both Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase had fantastic debuts. Jalen Waddle is going to see a lot more targets, though, because of the lack of receivers in Miami. Um, Jamar Chase, I think, is going to quickly become the favorite in Cincinnati over T. Higgins and probably going to succeed uh, at it. Now, I'm going to move on to a different team. Um, Minnesota Vikings. Everyone that you drafted, probably, in terms of Dalvin Cook, um, Justin Jefferson, or Adam Thielen, any of these guys, I think you're safe. They're going to see the same volume workload. The The Vikings feel like the exact same team this year as they were last year. The only problem is Justin Jefferson might come back a little bit down to earth because he'll see more of that number one coverage. And so we'll see games like we did against Cincinnati where uh, Joe Burrow, not Joe Burrow, sorry, uh, Adam Thielen, uh, excuse me, sneaks through the coverage a lot more. Uh, I think that Adam Thielen can have a comeback year, it feels like, because he was kind of their their go-to guy for a few years. You were like, oh, I have to have Adam Thielen if I'm going to get a Minnesota receiver. And then now it kind of feels like, you know, last year was, all right, you've got to have Justin Jefferson because he's having this fantastic rookie campaign. Well, now I think it kind of balances out more, kind of like how Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf kind of trade off week to week. I think that you'll see a lot of that in Minnesota now. Now, you're stuck with Kirk Cousins versus Russell Wilson, which is going to make it so much more harder for you to depend on them week to week uh, because of Kirk Cousins. But I do think that you'll have that same type of relationship where one will go off 
for 30 and the other will have like 14 and then next week it'll be flipped to like 24 and 18. I think that you'll see a lot of the consistency between the two of them just depending week to week on the matchup. Um, now to go, I want to go back to Jacksonville for a second. Uh, if you draft James Robinson, no one could have predicted this. Urban Meyer hates running backs apparently and I don't understand why. Uh, this guy had over a thousand yards and they drafted, draft, drafted sorry, Travis Etienne, which made no sense. And so when Etienne went down for the year, you're like, okay, Robinson is worth picking again. Wrong. Urban Meyer refuses to run the football for some godforsaken reason. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, he saw a little bit in the passing game, but I think consistently to see James Robinson around 10 points is going to be likely for the first couple weeks. Um, it's going to be a rough year, I think, for Robinson until Urban Meyer figures out, hey, I have a stud running back. And a lot of the play calling for the Jaguars looks really archaic and old. Um, the way that Urban Meyer is using Trevor Lawrence and not using Robinson doesn't feel like an NFL type of offense. It feels more college, and it feels a lot more like, um, not necessarily Clemson-esque, but a little bit more, I don't want to say Florida-ish. Like, it just seems like the way that Urban is treating it as is it's all Trevor Lawrence and no help. We are going to use this kid's talent to carry us to every game, which clearly didn't work against the Texans. And if you have the Texans, I don't know who to tell you to take other than the tight end because everybody got a touchdown on Sunday. Um, but in terms of James Robinson, fantasy owners, I just kind of weather the storm for the next couple of weeks. And then if you see consistently this 10 points here, 10 points there, I would try to sell. Uh, I would sell probably on the even to low side with upside potential from running backs. I'd look at people like a Leonard Fournette. I'd look at people like, um, gosh, who would be another one? Maybe even Kareem Hunt. You know, people that you know that are going to get work and goal line touches to try and make up for the lack of production that you're going to get out of James Robinson. Which I hate to say because he's such a solid fantasy back and a lot of people probably took him either their second or third pick. Um, maybe even your first if you're in a really deep league and it sucks but you know especially in those deep leagues who you can get points from week to week matters the most you pay attention to the waiver wire the most in those big games sorry those big leagues and to avoid having to constantly fight on the waiver wire you have to get someone consistently who's going to help you I mean James Robinson is rostered in 98% of leagues like He's clearly going to be a guy who's going to see some work. He was started in 90% of leagues, but because of the weak uh, outing, he's going to see probably a little bit less of a start option these next few weeks. I would still weather the storm with him. I think that you need to give him a little bit more time. Jacksonville really doesn't have a great offensive line either. Um, the, the team as a whole needs to build, and it's very clear that he's their not necessarily only positive but he's their best player in terms of skill position. I mean, Marvin Jones is good. DJ Chark is good. But did any of them go for 1,000 yards last year? No. Is Trevor Lawrence going to be the next Andrew Luck? We don't know yet. The only thing we know for certain is for certain is James Robinson. And so other teams in defenses know that, so they're going to key on that. So he's going to have a rough few weeks. Until someone can take the pressure away the where they can run the ball, it's going to be tough. <coughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Um, 
wanted to switch gears to another South team, but in the NFC, uh, we're going to talk about fantasy value for Mike Davis going forward and Robbie Anderson real quick, because I don't feel like Calvin Ridley is worth talking about because Calvin Ridley did what Calvin Ridley does. And now he has even more targets, which is going to be even better for him. I think that Kyle Pitts was also fairly decently involved and you can look at him as obviously a flex option to a start every week. Calvin Ridley is a solid lock every week. Um, Robbie Anderson for the Panthers is who I really want to talk about because of the relationship he had with Sam Darnold. Now, I was watching this game and getting nervous because I was like, okay, Anderson's not getting any targets. What's happening here? It's all it's all Moore. It's all DJ Moore. I'm never going to get any points out of this, and I got fleeced because I have Anderson in almost every league. Um, then he caught a bomb. He caught a absolute bomb of a touchdown pass. And so I kind of evaluate it as a Will Fuller type situation like when he was in New York. You know, This is a guy who's going to beat you with speed. He's going to beat you because he's deep. And the problem is, can I can can I count on the Carolina offense to deliver these type of bomb plays to Robbie Anderson week after week after week? And my answer to that is, I don't think so. I think that because of how close this game was, um, I really don't have a whole lot of faith in Robbie Anderson outside of probably 13 points a week, which is about what he got. He had 27 points, not sorry, 12.7, I'm dyslexic. And he was expected to have 12.9. So the 13 points a week that he's average uh, feels about right. I think that you're going to see a lot of seven-point weeks, and you might see one or two 24-point weeks. But in terms of the Robbie Anderson that we had last year that was a consistent flex option, I think that you might see a little bit less of that. I think that he's going to be very matchup dependent unless uh, you see someone like Moore get hurt which even still I don't like the option because he's a speed guy. He's looking for the big shot. And I really don't know about this Carolina offense. Um, I'd say uh, you can either trade him now because he has value now and try to get a package deal for someone like a number one if you need to um, or try to fill some of these holes on your team if you have the space. But in terms of a, a, a value to where you should play him every single week, I don't think he's there every week. I think that he's going to be matchup dependent, and I think that he's someone that you should look at as, okay, um, do I need 13 points this week, or can I salvage uh, only getting seven points out of him? You know, He's someone that you have to look at and evaluate from how much am I going to lose potentially versus how much will I gain if I play him. Um, another one that I kind of have in that same situation is... Uh, CEH, Clyde uh, Edwards Alaire for the Chiefs. Um, Clyde is a strong downhill runner, but in terms of explosive playability, I feel like he's lacking. I feel like he's a lesser version of Miles Sanders right now. He had 10 points on Sunday. Average projection is about 14. And I think that's about right for him, uh, barring, you know, a touchdown-heavy game or a pass-heavy game. Because the Chiefs are so vertically um, focused, Clyde on these little swings and dumps, I think, is going to not necessarily excel, but just kind of get like two to three yards off of him every time. Maybe four because he's such a strong runner, but I don't feel like he's going to be a consistent, you know, boom player. I think he's going to be a lot of, you know, 10 points here, a lot of 
think of think of injured Austin Eckler. Probably like a ceiling of 20, 22, 25-ish points um, that you'll get out of him. I don't think he'll break 30 in a game unless there's just a game where they're on the one yard consistently and they can plow it in. He gets like three, four touchdowns. I don't see that happening. Um, Clyde is a guy that you'll want in your flex. I don't really want to start him if I can help it uh, because I don't think the volume of touches is going to be there because of how the Chiefs play. They don't really play with the lead a lot, as you can tell. They can They don't play from in front. They play from behind, and it sucks because you can't really predict, you know, fantasy games off of that because you don't know the workload, and running backs suffer, especially when you're behind. You know, running the ball is the point of running clock. It's to control the possession, unless you have Derrick Henry, which for some reason, I'll get I'll get into Derrick Henry in a minute. But in terms of Clyde, flex option, I really don't want to start him in either one of my running back spots, but if you have to, absolutely do it. Uh, Mike Davis is in the same situation. Uh, I think that he has a little bit better chance to score each week, and I think that he's consistently going to be above 10 points. I think Clyde will be below 10 points more often than Mike Davis. I think Mike Davis will probably consistently see somewhere around 14 points a game. Uh, he got 10 this week in a loss to Philadelphia that was 6-32, to and a team that was very uh, far behind early. He still got 10 points. I think that going forward, you'll see consistent games of probably somewhere around 17 points for Mike Davis. I think that he's a better flex option right now than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, but if you had to start one of them, I would rather start Mike Davis than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I'd play the other one at the flex. Um, Devonta Smith for Philadelphia, while I'm talking about that game, has become an instant flex option. I uh, did not think that he was going to be this good straight out the gate. Look for health conditions, but he will be... Uh, a money target for sure going forward. Um, Jalen Rager especially as well. Justin, uh, not sorry, not Justin. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a possible uh, flex option at quarterback. Um, you know, if you're on a buy, definitely grab him. If not, have him on your bench. He's he's probably going to be a decent backup option for you the rest of the year. Um, let's see who else is there. Uh, in terms of tight ends. You know, you've got your big three, but Logan Thomas and Dallas Goddard, if you spent really high on some other positions and you needed a tight end, those two would be pretty good targets. Um, They're pretty decent for trade value now because they're both getting about 10 points per game. So you can trade someone straight up. Like if someone needs a receiver or running back, you can probably trade straight up for the tight end if you're pretty uh, safe with those options. And... Now I want to talk about someone else that was probably a bit of a head-scratcher for a lot of people. Uh, Josh Allen had a pretty lackluster day for what we're used to out of him. Uh, Keep in mind what we're used to is uh, MVP caliber Josh Allen. Uh, He scored 17, but they still lost. Um, Bringing in Emmanuel Sanders made a big difference to him, but I think that you won't see near as many uh, quarterback design explosive plays when it comes to running the football. Uh, the Steelers queued on that a lot, and he wasn't able to run the ball nearly as well as he did last year. I think that going forward, he'll sit about 20 a game. His floor is probably somewhere about 13 to 14. So he's he's still a quality quarterback option, but he's not the same like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes um, level of explosiveness that you'll have every single week. He will instead be kind of this like... Um, middle of the pack to a boom player um honestly right now i have josh allen and i'm looking to trade him 
for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, to me, is someone that I'm going to buy into a lot going forward. He has the tools around him to succeed. Uh, Josh Allen has one receiver and no run game. I mean, he does have Emmanuel Sanders, but it's Stephon Diggs or Bust up there in Buffalo. And with teams queuing on him now, he won't see the same success uh, now that people have tape on him and know what to expect year after year now. Um, Let's see, who else can I talk about here? Um, the tight end situation in New England, Jonu Smith, I think will probably be better than Hunter Henry in the long run. But once Hunter Henry is back, um, Jonu will not have near the the amount of targets that you'll expect out of him. So if it was me, I would sell Jonu now as fast as I can. He got his nine points this week. You see that he's got talent and he's got the same amount of, you know, uh, he gives you the same as what you're expecting from him. He's consistent. And he's someone that you know for a fact is going to score. So you want to trade him if you have him and have a better option at tight end. If you have like a Kelsey, a Waller, even a Mark Andrews to a Logan Thomas, um, and you have Jonu Smith as well, try to trade Jonu in a package deal and upgrade somewhere else. Like if you have Aaron Jones and you have Jonu Smith, try to package deal that or try to package a deal, you know, one of your – receivers that you're not as happy with like someone like a uh oh if you have anyone essentially for the colts it feels like (laughs) definitely try to package deal that up and try to upgrade at one of those positions because once hunter henry comes back it's going to be split carries and that's not anyone who has a fancy player wants to hear um because you can get away with guys like uh tyler higby tyler higby is owned in only I think, I think he's owned in 70% of the leagues, but uh, he's only started in 24% when John Hughes, uh started in 40%, and he had more points. Tyler Higby in this Rams offense is actually going to be probably uh, better because the way that Stafford used Hawkinson in Detroit was very consistent in fantasy. I mean, he was probably every third option for Stafford, maybe second sometimes on plays. And he had a consistent probably 10 points a game last year. Higby suffered under Jared Goff. He had one good game, I think, of three touchdowns, and then that was it for the year. Like, couldn't get two, three passes after that. Um, So he's definitely someone that you want to look at. Uh, In terms of, like, who you could trade for now as a running back, um, if you're going to package Aaron Jones, sorry, um, look for guys like Melvin Gordon. guys that you can sell really high on you know somebody's gonna keep him uh and be like oh yeah you know aaron jones i'll take that over um melvin gordon gordon had one good game i'm done with him for the year i think melvin gordon outside of that long run was still averaging about five yards a carry uh melvin gordon is a good downhill runner and i think that this year especially with teddy bridgewater they're gonna have to run the ball more and it's going to be a very in-between year for Denver. And I'm still kind of banking on uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing for the year and getting traded to Denver. Uh, I really think that <laughs> he he's just throwing the whole season. Um, but regardless, uh, Melvin Gordon had 22 points when he's expected nine. So his average is going to go up. And I don't think you can expect 70-yard runs from Melvin Gordon every single week. But I do think that you can get them probably every third or fourth game. And now with 17 games... So that's probably three or four times that he'll get above 15 points. Which, for Melvin Gordon, who last year was splitting carries with Philip Lindsay, is a massive upgrade for him. 
I do think that and in the end game, he won't help you as much week to week, and probably about 10 to 12 points is what you can expect average out of him. But I do think that he has that boom potential that other people don't because of his backfield situation. Um, I'm going to round out a few more here. Um, let's go with Tyler Lockett. I was really scared that he was going to get hurt, but we, I talked about him earlier. He's the same situation as... Uh, you know, with, with DK Metcalf as uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, he's going to boom or bust each week in terms of one of them's going to eat, one of them's going to not. And, you know, if you need someone to have that 30, 40 point game, you got to look at someone like a Tyreek Hill to get you that. I don't think that you're going to get something like that out of Lockett and DK as much this year because of how well they can split the, the load now and still dominate. Um, but if one is locked down, the other one's going off. That's just what you know. So play it off your matchup. If you know that DK has a really good matchup, and D could probably expect Lockett not to have as, as good of a matchup. If it's the other way around, just play it that way. Um, uh, in terms of what to do going forward for quarterback, if you don't have one of the big five, Matthew Stafford is always a good look. Um if you're also looking in the same situation, I would also look to add, uh, like I said earlier, Joe Burrow. Um, another one would be probably. Oh, sorry, let me let me filter this real quick by quarterback, and I can go. I mean, honestly, look for a lot of these rookie QBs to come out. I said Jalen Hurts earlier, even though he's not a rookie. Look at Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones had a pretty solid outing. He might build on this his whole. Uh, rookie campaign here uh to a vailoa he's about that 16 game average that you could expect trevor lawrence i think will get better as the year goes on um if you haven't already though while i'm on the topic go ahead and see if you can get into any of the baltimore running back situation before the game here because afterwards someone's going to have an obvious answer of which one works best um i can't tell you i don't have a crystal ball i don't know which one's going to be the best option going forward um but You'll know by tonight who the running back is probably going to be and see the majority of the carries um, because of the game tonight, because they play the Raiders, and it's the Raiders. Like, you don't even want Josh Jacobs if you have the Raiders. No one wants any team. No one wants anyone from the Raiders except for Darren Waller because that's all they have. Um, if you have Zeke, you probably want to trade him because Tony Pollard's going to be a little bit more of a focal point this year. Um, if you have any of the uh, the Bills running backs, good luck. I don't think that you're going to see much out of either one of them. I mean, you might see more out of Singletary than you will Moss. Um, same thing if you have a Cardinals running back. James Conner took a lot of the goal line snaps, so you got to be careful with uh, Chase Edmonds there because he might see the majority of the work, but when they go to the goal line, they go to James Conner. Um, in terms of more quarterbacks, uh, Big Ben's out. If you've got him, I wouldn't even try for it i mean the steelers are such a question mark anyway that i feel like they're going to be such a defensive team they won't be the 13 and 0 that they were last year they won't be the same team that lit up the scoreboard for 40 points every game but i think they'll consistently get around this 25 points per game and they'll do it in a combination of ways um but in terms of a fantasy option big ben is the same every single year he can get hit and he can get hurt and your season's over or he can be protected and consistent and get you 20 plus each game. He only had 12 this last game when he's expected 16, but
but it was a 23 to 16 game in which it was all defense the majority of the game it's the same situation treat big ben like he would kirk cousins you know expect a big game and then a, a very low game a big game and a low game um sorry if you had ryan fitzpatrick he's done i don't know what else to tell you there uh dak prescott is moved his way into the top five options uh he's lighting up the scoreboard tom brady can still play uh don't buy into the Jameis Winston hype. Uh, he had one good week. He's not a he's not a week to week starter. In terms of that level of production, uh, he'll have more yardage, but he won't have as many touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence will lose a little bit of yardage uh, and a little bit of volume work. I think as time goes on, Urban Meyer will use that run game a little bit more. Um, I wouldn't consider Teddy Bridgewater an option yet, but if Denver consistently will put up points. Um, you might look at Teddy Bridgewater for two touchdown passes a game and probably an interception around 200 yards, similar to what he was last year with Carolina. Um, I wouldn't look at Sam Darnold at all. Wouldn't even consider Zach Wilson yet. Um, Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan, and he has a worse team around him than he's ever had, so I would stay away from Matt Ryan. Um, Tyrod Taylor, same situation as like a um, Teddy Bridgewater. You know, he's probably going to get a touchdown or two a game, but there's going to be some times that he's going to struggle a lot. Uh, you're going to want to stay away from Carson Wentz, too, because, goddamn, that team looked awful. I wouldn't even waste my time. Um, so that's really about it for the first episode of this fantasy thing. Uh, I'm going to try and get a little bit more structured to where I can break it down by category. You know, I'll assign different days for stardom and sit em. Uh waiver wire ads who to look for stuff like that but in terms of like if you like this if you didn't like this you know let me know reach out if not um you know i'm gonna try and consistently do this once the nba gets back up i'll probably get back into an nba type episode as well but for now it's all football it's all nfl nfl and uh fantasy so hope you enjoy it um but thanks for listening i really appreciate it and uh have a good one